Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back to another show of Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Cindy Shaw. Oh, gosh, we have a lot to talk about today. She's um, a brain health coach and mental performance trainer. You know, the Better Brain Academy. And I think you know, at the present moment, I think we're all a bit challenged at the present moment with brain fog and... Um, brain farts and a number of other things that are going on. Um, she says that she suffered for a long time with debilitating brain fog, insomnia, anxiety and depression, as well as her youngest daughter suffered from anxiety and ADHD, leading her to hear fear for her mental well-being. And someone who taught uh, mindset strategies for years, nothing that she knew worked for herself or her daughter, which led her to her exploration of brain health and how it impacts how we think feel, act, and interact with others. This letter to the Better Brain Academy, which combines brain health principles, mindset coaching, um, and transform your life to a better brain. Boy, do we need that. Um, leading edge neuroscience and brain health self-improvement strategies. And she helps individually naturally overcome those mental health disorders supercharged with energy focus and optimizing their well-being. The, the year that we've had, I think an awful lot of people would say that their brains are being challenged at the present moment. So um, welcome to the show, love, and what a great topic we're going to be talking about here today. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, ADHD. I had kids with ADD. Um, I know what that's like. Um, my doctor said I suffered from OD, which was um, overdoing it, <laughs> which is a mother's lot anyway. Uh, brain fog and anxiety is something that we're seeing exponentially right now. I think our next pandemic uh, is going to be post-traumatic stress disorder due to anxiety. Um, we also know that there are many people who have had COVID who are actually talking about you know, the brain fog and just, yeah. you know, cognitiveness and everything. It, it's still anything to do with mental health still has this horrible stigma to do with it, doesn't it? And this is something, let's take it, throw it away, because virtually everybody has some issue of some kind. And if we can take away the stigma, we can get down to the root of it and we can look at supporting one another. So welcome, Pan. Thank you. And you know what? Um, I love that introduction because this is where I love to talk about the difference between what our brain does and what our mind is. And this mm. is about taking the stigma away from mental health because the word mental health has the word mental. Yes. So we associate that with our mind and that there's something wrong with our mind. There's something wrong with how we think that there must be something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. But what I love to explain to people is that our brain is like a computer. It's like the hardware of the computer. And it, 
it really runs our thoughts, our memories, our emotions. It helps determine our actions. And so it really is the core of who we are. And our mindset and our mind are the software that run in the background. And that is a culmination of our life experiences, our beliefs, and, you know, the limiting ideas that we've grown up with. And yep. it's that inner chatter that goes on that most people aren't aware of. But what's really driving the mental health crisis, like you said, is I call it the pandemic stress disorder. Mm, yes. And, yes. And it really is, it comes down to our hardware is being attacked. And so we need to upgrade our brains. And the good thing is we can do that. Our brains are willing and able to grow and change. So, you know, I love to take the stigma away from mental health because if there was something wrong with your heart or something wrong with your liver, you would never be embarrassed about it. But when it comes to the word mental health, it's actually brain health. And so when parts of your brain are not balanced and not working properly, you can suffer from anxiety, brain fog, depression, ADHD, OCD, um, addictions, and so forth, and other mental health disorders. But it really comes down to that hardware not functioning to its fullest ability. 100% agree with you and absolutely everything that you've said. Um, You know, the brain is the mechanics, right? It's the motor. And, you know, the the programming is not just um, your upbringing, but it can be ancestral, can even be past life, right? You know, and very often you find yourself doing something and why am I caught in this treadmill? You know, and it's it's something that uh, your, your parents or your mother or grandmother did and you you think you're breaking the cycle only to find out that you're repeating it because really you haven't addressed it at the core we have to always go to the core of something we're, we're afraid to go to the core aren't we because we're scared of what we might find but if you don't go to the root of the problem how are you going to know how to deal with it exactly and i you know there's this whole new study in science and in neuroscience called epigenetics which is looking at how our DNA Mm -hmm. is affected by exactly what you said. What happened to our mother? What happened to our grandparents? What kind of stresses were they under? And then how did that affect our genetics and how that gets passed on to us, even if we aren't, even if we never experienced the trauma. And so it does deeply affect our brain as well and how our brain reacts to what's going on around us. And unfortunately, being in this pandemic, our brains are constantly being fired with fear. Yes. And it's causing so much stress and anxiety and depression and all of these mental health issues because what is happening is that our amygdala, which is in the core of our brain, was meant to keep us safe, Mm -hmm. to keep us safe from danger. And it was, this mechanism that, you know, when for thousands of years, people were hunting and gathering that you needed to be aware if there was something jumping out of the bushes at you. Yes. And you either had to fight it off, you had to flee, or the other response is to like play dead, to freeze. And so this part is a survival mechanism in us and it pulls all the energy from your prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain that makes decisions, Um, you know, helps with your judgment and so forth. 
And it's pulling energy away from that and it's all going to the amygdala. And the more that we stay in a state of fear and stress, the more that we're hardwiring into our brain those responses mm -hmm. and the harder it is to get out of it. And that has the ripple effect down to the body because Absolutely. the brain is like high alert, high alert, high alert. And it puts that stress on every part of your body and it will go to the weakest part of you. And this is why we see so much dis-ease yeah. because it's going to ignite that weakest part in your body. And, and then it, it takes over and you go, but why is that reacting? And it's because you're in that fear state all the time. And I, you know, I've, suffered from depression all my life and anxiety part of it is to do with my disease which is part and parcel of it uh, and there's certain things I can do to navigate away from it and other times I have to acknowledge it it's there but please don't tell me to snap out of it <laughs> because there is no there is I can be as rational as anything as logical as anything but if my body's in distress or in depression it's it's beyond just the thoughts of thinking positive. Everything exactly. is in stress. And this is where, you know, I taught mindset for five years. And when I started suffering from brain fog and, and like awful anxiety, and, you know, I was trying to help my daughter and help her change her thinking and nothing was working. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized this mindset gig is not all there is. No. There is more to it. And then that's what inspired me to look at the brain and to discover like there's five core areas of our brain that when they're out of balance mm -hmm. affect our neurotransmitters, but it affects how we think, feel, and act. And so it's really about caring for those five areas. And so it also explains why how you experience anxiety is probably different than how I experience mm -hmm. anxiety because there's going to be different parts of our brain could be either overactive or underactive. And so that's why there's not a one size fits all treatment right. that works for everyone. And, you know, medication is great for some people. I am not against medication if you find something that works. However, there are so many natural ways mm -hmm. that you can actually heal your brain, mind, and body that are far healthier. You know, you are taking care of the sore, not just putting a Band-Aid on it. Right. You're getting to yes. the root of it. Yeah. It's always going back to the core, core problem. Exactly. Um, you know, for me, I find music really does help me. And, you know, the thing about music, it's frequency and it's kind of rebalancing the frequency in your body, because really what we want to do is bring back an equilibrium to the brain, isn't it? Bring back it balance. It's out of sync. And yes. it, that's the reason that throws it into distress. So if you can bring back that balance to it, it can now function, you know, optimize. But if it's out of sync, you know, it's under distress and it's trying to kind of subsidize something over here that's putting too much pressure on that and and we talk a great deal in life about finding that balance the yin right. yang you know it and it there isn't it isn't just a, a kumbaya thing or a zen thing it's really really necessary that we actually have it for a whole well-beingness exactly and honestly there's seven core things that i really work with my clients on and the first is diet and supplements Second is sleep. Third is stress management. Fourth is exercise. Fifth is knowing your numbers, like mm -hmm. hormones, vitamin D, your thyroid, the amount of inflammation in your body. 
Six is having those meaningful connections in life. And the seventh is really about working with your mindset. Because, you know, it does play a role in we, we feel the way we think. But go back a little bit further. What's controlling those thoughts? And, you know, if you're part of your brain, like with my daughter, was called her anterior singlet gyrus. And the reason I was so concerned for her was she would come home and she, what should have taken 15 minutes to do for homework would take her three hours. And then she would start on this negative thinking train. Of, I'm stupid, I can't do this, I'm never gonna succeed. And no matter how I tried to get her to shift her thinking, it just would make things worse, which then would make everyone frustrated and angry. And I was like, what is going on here? And when I learned about the brain, what I realized was her anterior singlet gyrus, which is like our gear shifter, Mm -hmm. was overactive. So she couldn't get off that thought train. You know, people with anxiety, um, often it's another part of their brain called their basal ganglia that sets their idle um, of how they respond. For people who suffer from depression, it tends to be their deep limbic system that's overactive. For people with ADHD, it's often their prefrontal cortex, which is underactive. And people who suffer from brain fog and, you know, to the extreme dementia, it's actually the temporal lobes. And that's why people who have damaged that part of their brain often easily fly off the handle Mm -hmm. and can't control their emotions and it affects their memory. It's because there's just that part of the brain, the temporal lobes are not functioning and not optimized and not balanced. And so you're absolutely right. There is the, there's these key neurotransmitters that our body needs and hormones as well as our brain. And it's all interconnected. Every part of our brain, mind, and body are connected as a system. And so when we look at that, it's so much, it makes so much more sense, right? And I wish people would stop just looking at the chin up. You know, everything goes on in the head is going to be reactive in the body. The reaction in the body is going to affect the head. Why can't we look at people as a whole? Mind, body, spirit, soul. You know, because we are a unit. And it is, you know, if we were a car, I just had my coffee, went it in for a service and a thousand dollars later, you know, one of those, you know, this is off and that's off. You've got no brakes and blah, 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 you know, and it's, we get shocked. Like, oh my goodness, I wasn't aware. It's the same with our bodies. And, you know, not knocking the medical system, but when when you go there, they're there to fix a problem, not really look at the root of it. And it's like, well, you need antidepressants or you need this or you need that. But if we could just find someone that could help us okay this is my reaction my body's doing this my mind's doing that i'm feeling this i'm feeling that i don't know why i feel i'm in a topsy-turvy or twirly-whirly and you say that to a doctor and it's you know a psychotic ward you know it's it's the state of being that so many people are in but they're too afraid to talk about and they actually don't know how to articulate how they feel right Exactly. And, you know, that's why, again, I love to bring it back to brain health Mm -hmm. because, and the thing is, the amazing thing is, is that we're now discovering such wonderful things about our brain and neuroplasticity that have really happened in the last decade. And also understanding how diet literally Mm -hmm. 
plays such a huge role. And going back to the analogy of a car, you are a race car <laughs> and your brain is the hungriest organ in your body. It consumes 20 to 25% of your calories a day. Wow. So if you had a Ferrari or an expensive Mercedes, you would not put in the cheap gas. Yeah. Yet we do that with our bodies yes. and that directly feeds our brain. And if our brain isn't getting the proper nutrition, it makes it hard to focus. It makes it hard to concentrate, to make decisions, to be alert and to, to modulate our stress responses. So, you know, that's why I say those seven key things mm -hmm. are so important to make sure you have them balanced. Yeah. Now it's how to go about it. Yeah. Um, Yes, we, we can, you know, positive thinking can equal positive living to a point. But as right. you said, if the brain isn't functioning properly, it doesn't matter how much you try and affirm something, you know, it's, it's just not going to register because the brain is not connective, it's not hearing it. And then right. the body is going to go into distress. Um, and then we don't know how to react to people. We either go on the defense or we withdraw or we come out angry or we come out self-harming. Yeah. Um, or violent and self-medicating you know, self-medicating of course you know when you look at addiction do, do people grow up and say well i'm going to be addicted to this or that or that you know yeah. i'm going to be a drug addict no why did they do that and it's they're chasing something uh, escapism from the anguish that they're in because nobody's understanding where that anguish is coming from and this is, again, comes down to brain development because mm. often people who have addiction issues have had adverse childhood experiences. And there's great information online. If you just put in adverse childhood experiences, there's been so many studies that have been done that correlate rates of addiction with, you know, traumas that you've had throughout your life. Yes. And the way that I like to explain it to people is, when you experience a trauma, especially as a child, and the trauma could be your parents getting divorced, living with someone, a parent who had mental health disorders, living with someone, you know, experiencing abuse of any yep. sort, living with someone who was an alcoholic or drug addict, being bullied, all of these things are, you know, I call them big T trauma. But we also have little T traumas, like adverse life experiences that happen like when you're in grade one and you go to the teacher and you tell her that somebody did something and then she turns around and blames you. Yes. Well, your, your little mind up until the age of eight is just this sponge that absorbs everything and it gets locked away in your brain. And the way that I like to explain, you know, little trauma and big trauma is we've all probably seen the show Borders. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when people go into those houses and they look around and they're like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff in here. But the person who lives in it's like, this is just my reality. This is how yeah. I live. And that's what happens in our mind. Every time we have these experiences, they get put in a box mm -hmm. and they get shoved away into a little yeah. corner yeah. of our mind. And we may not ever think about it again. But over a lifetime, what happens is all these boxes start accumulating yes. and eventually those boxes start putting weight and everything starts spilling out. Mm -hmm. And when we get, you know, like you said, angry, defensive, sad, anything like that, that's someone kicking our box mm -hmm. that we have not healed and taken care of. 
And so just because you're not thinking of it doesn't mean it's not there because it is wired into your brain, into your hippocampus. And until you do the work, and I highly recommend like EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing for trauma. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's fascinating. <clears throat> it's literally following um, a finger and tracking. And what it does is it reprocesses and takes away that emotional charge from the event. It is very highly regarded and used um, like throughout, throughout the world. It's amazing. Tapping, yes. emotional freedom technique, mm -hmm. that's helpful. Um, hypnosis, mm -hmm. neurofeedback, all of these things, what they do is they work with our brain to reprocess and make sense of what has happened to us. And people who don't think that they have anything to deal with, all I say is, um, go spend some time with your siblings or your parents for a weekend. And, yes. <laughs> and you will know exactly what boxes you have to take care of. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> no, not <yeah>. that box. <laughs> we don't realize, too, that we literally hold memory and trauma in our cellular structure. Yes. Um, you know, I've done a lot of cellular cleansing where, you know, bringing up past lives, past issues, and you yeah. look at it and go, oh my God, I, I just, I didn't, I thought that was dealt with, or I didn't even, I wasn't even aware I felt about that. Yes. And you know, what we talk about so much on these, on these shows here is life is a process that we have to go through, right? right? And, and whether you're facing a trauma, whether you've bottomed out, you've had the cosmic two by four, you're picking yourself up, you have to go through the process. You have to go through the grieving of what you may have lost. You have to go through the, the forgiveness um, okay. of what has been done to you, but the forgiveness of how you've reacted to. You have to go through the nurturing of your inner child, of the love, finding that self-love. And this is a process we cannot escape. Because if we okay. don't deal with it, as you said, those little boxes, you know, next thing you know, they're a warehouse and you're wondering why you can't move. <laughs> And you know what? They continue accumulating. And that's why, you know, you're never successful in business. That's right. why you have a crappy marriage. That's why you have issues with your friends. It's why you can't get along with your parents. Like there, this will follow you around yeah. until you make the choice to deal with it. And to, you know, where I say, I start with healing the brain, like build that foundation so that you have the mental resilience and the yes. ability to deal with everything else. So when we lay that foundation and we get the brain optimized, then we can start working on that other stuff because now we've, we've boosted our brain reserve. Right. We have given ourselves that leg up to be able to deal with those other things. And then you can start to reset your mindset to process to reframe and to look at new things and or to look at things in a new light yeah. and then you can retrain your brain and that comes down to neuroplasticity because our brains are not this thing that's fully developed by the time we turn 18. we're constantly growing new neurons and we're changing and creating these new pathways and so when you know then how to create new pathways that support you in healthier ways of thinking, being, and doing, your life is going to be better. So yep. those people that are like, oh, I don't want to look, I don't want to know what's there. Trust me, it's affecting your life already. Yeah. And yeah. by sticking your head in the sand and thinking that 
I don't want to deal with it. There's nothing here. Don't look at it. Trust me, everyone can see it. Just go ask people who love you. They'll be happy to tell you yeah. what your boxes are. <laughs> Whether you <laughs> like <sure>. it or not. <laughs> I don't know if you know of the Emoto water experiment, the three yes. water. So yeah. one water ignored, one water given negativity, one given positivity. The ignored one didn't change. The negative one turned black, you know, dark and dense. And the other one turned to crystallization, which they could measure in frequency. Yeah. We've got to remember we're 70% water and our brains and our head, there's a lot of water up there. If we're yes. carrying all that negativity, it's not allowing us to process our food, our nutrients. It's not allowing us to go through the thoughts. It's not allowing us to, to do anything because we're swimming in dark water. And so when we take this on and we start with the brain and we're giving the, we're giving the engine, we're giving the engine the the stabilization and the, the equipment to start trickling down to the mind, to the heart, to the soul, to the spirit and clear that water out. And, yes. and then we can be mindful of what we put back in. But yes. there are so many modalities to, to, doing, uh, to doing things and you know all of them have their purpose. But again, if you don't take care of the brain, the mechanicism, that car's going to break down again. Right? Absolutely. You've replaced this, you've replaced that, but you forgot the piston. And here's the thing. We cannot replace our brain. No. Like, you cannot have a brain transplant. Most other organs... You, you haven't heard of Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, most other organs, you may be able to get a transplant. They may be yes. able to fix, but there is no fix for your brain. Nope. So taking care of your brain and having a better brain means you're going to have a better life. Yeah. So feeding it well, you know, taking, getting sleep because sleep is so fundamental to our mental well-being because we all know how we feel when we have a crappy sleep. Yeah. You just can't focus, you're slow, you don't make great decisions, you might be really um, moody. Well, there's a reason we need seven to nine hours of sleep and that's because our brain clears out the toxins that have accumulated throughout the day. And there's been numerous studies done recently that show that if you're getting under seven hours of sleep, you are actually at a much, much greater risk of getting Alzheimer's mm -hmm. because this plaque builds up that yes. you haven't allowed your brain enough time to clear out and cleanse out every night. So, you know, diet, sleep and stress are my top three things that I recommend. And I would recommend to your listeners at really dialing in. Yeah. Now, you know, I know a lot of people have spoken to me about sleep, you know, the, the anxiety or don't sleep. I have fibromyalgia and one of the problems is, is sleep. It's one of the things and we never uh, regenerate our, our, uh, our battery. And battery right. never fills up, so you're always exhausted, never matter how much sleep that you have. And then that also slows the rest of you down, right? So I can attest to, it, it's not just the hours of sleep, it's the quality of sleep, yes. right? Which is important, getting enough retina sleep in there to rebuild you, because uh, that's when your body does its all repair, the brain and everything part of your body does its repair, which means uh, don't stimulate yourself before you go to sleep, right? Exactly. Do not watch um, a scary Netflix show <laughs> an hour before you go to yeah. sleep because you know what? Your brain cannot tell the difference between something it's seeing and vividly imagining and something that it's experiencing. 
everything exactly so it's releasing those same chemicals um and and hormones and stuff in your body so you know when it comes to sleep and i know for a lot of people it's a big issue so these are my top recommendations number one get off all devices your phone your computer your tv at least an hour before you go to bed secondly keep your room cool like yes. 68 yes. degrees yes. um that is going to help you sleep throughout the night also keep your room dark and mm-hmm. if that means that you need like i sleep with an mm-hmm. eye shade i have darkening blinds i have custom-made earplugs um i got my mo my husband a snore guard like <laughs> to ensure that i get some good sleep um and then also some supplements to take are like magnesium biglycinate yes. 200 to 400 milligrams because magnesium is key to so many functions in our body and 85% of Canadians and Americans are deficient in it. Yes. And another thing that I recommend also especially for women is hormones. Mm-hmm. You know when you start getting into your 40s, 50s, 60s and so on, your hormones get thrown out of balance and so that can deeply affect your sleep. So seeing a natural path and mm-hmm. making sure that your hormones are balanced because trust me you still need those hormones in your 60s, 70s yeah. and 80s because it's what gets you up. It gives you yes. energy, it allows you to function and to think and and do all the things you want to do. So really having those hormones balanced. And another thing I recommend is before going to bed, especially if you're the type of person and this is what happens to me, waking up between 2 and 3 a.m. Mm. like bing and then all of a sudden the mind starts going oh, yeah. and i can't fall back asleep so what is going on in your brain and your body is your glucose levels and insulin have gone down so far because you haven't ate for so many hours and so you get a spike of adrenaline and cortisol which wakes you up because your body goes oh my gosh i'm hungry in fear must get something to feed myself so what i recommend to people who suffer from that is i have a piece of like sprouted bread like a whole grain hearty bread with some really good nut butter there's one i love called fatso um that has mct oil in it which is derived from coconut oil which is a very slow burning fat and it feeds your brain mm. so i have a piece of toast slathered in the fatso nut butter before i go to bed and then i sleep the full 8 hours mm-hmm. if i wake up in the middle of the night i will go and get a handful of raw walnuts eat a couple of those and i'll take something called l theanine and there's a company you can find anywhere it's called stressless and they're chewables and you just chomp on one of those and what it does is it triggers gaba and what gaba does is it's our calming neurotransmitter so when you give your body a little bit of the fuel and you you're able to balance that gaba you can go back to sleep um i'm i'm going to say with the magnesium add the d because d oh. and magnesium are very good together and because the d has also been proven to be very beneficial against this virus right now as well yes and so, also depression yes yeah definitely and actually fact they know with fibromyalgia that more d is necessary for the balance and um taking it with the magnesium means that you're absorbing it a lot better as well and exactly. one of the things that um that i take when i get into a non-sleeping pattern is i take melatonin for a few days right 
just exactly. to kind of get not all the time but just to get me back into sync and then once i'm yeah. back into a rhythm then and then i come off it so i only take it when i need to but the gabber actually i have by my bedside and I have not been taking it and I need to take that <laughs> at night. <laughs> and you're right about the melatonin, taking it in little chunks. Because yes. what we don't want to do is build up a melatonin um, where your body no longer absorbs it or is making its own melatonin. Yeah. So that's why just having it occasionally to help sync your sleep patterns again is really quite beneficial, but not taking it all the time. Yeah, I don't do more than three days. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. That's mm. perfect. But, you know, I also find MSM, I take that, and, uh, you know, the, the omegas are very oh. important as well, right? So, so omega-3s, so there's a specific type of omega-3 yeah. that I would really recommend because it is more bioavailable. And I recently just did a test. It's called an omega-3 quarant test. And it measures your level of omega-3s because your levels of omega-3s directly not only feed your brain because 60% of your brain is made of fat and omega-3 acids, um, helps protect your brain, but it also protects your heart. Mm -hmm. So this test is just a little finger prick test. You send in your little blood sample, comes back and tells you what your omega-3 levels are in your body. Because if you are too low, you are at a greater risk of heart disease. Yes. So um, the type that I recommend, you can just Google it. You want to go omega-3 Maximil. So M-A-X-S-I-M-I-L. So Maximil is something that makes the omega-3s more bioavailable, meaning mm -hmm. your body so, can absorb it better. Yeah. And I have this on my website as well, like mm -hmm. all of these different supplements we're talking about. Um, just in my shop too, that people can buy. When is the best time to take the Amiga? You know what? I take mine during the day, like morning breakfast. I don't think that there is a specific time. It's just a matter of getting enough. Yeah. Getting a good high quality one because my husband, he fell into the range. Like that Omega-3 test was amazing. So I was, the range should be between eight and 12% Omega-3s in your your blood. I fell at 7.46 and my husband fell at 4.86, which put him at quite a high risk of heart disease. Um, so I put us both on the max mill. We're going to do them for three months and then retake the test and see exactly the kind of changes that it makes. But I do know that people who go on the max mill omega-3 specifically find a huge bump up. Mm. And, you know, I know that sometimes when people take some, you know, particular vitamins together, they can feel a little nauseous. So take it with breakfast or with lunch or with something, right? You know, it's okay to have it with a snack or something. Um, but I've also been told uh, through the years, don't take everything all in the morning. Kind of, there's some things that are better at night, something's yeah. better in the morning, and maybe even something's better in midday. So allow the body to really absorb and not just exactly. flush it through. And the other thing with omega-3s is you can get the omega-3 acids, fatty acids through stuff you eat. Yes. So, you know, raw walnuts. Yeah. So the thing that I always have to tell people and tell my clients is do not go out and buy the planters seeds, you know, the planters brand or buy the Costco yes. container <laughs> of nuts because they've all been fried in bad oil. Yeah. So you want raw. Mm. So raw almonds, flax seeds, chia seeds, salmon, all contain high levels of omega-3s. Mm. 
I'm, I'm a huge B17 fan. <clears throat> and B17 has been proven to prevent cancer or help people with cancer. And it's it's the berries and it's the nuts, cashews yeah. and, and, uh, and all of those, but, you know, but certainly the berries, which I absolutely love anyway. And I can't eat any nuts other than peanuts or, or cashew nuts. Sorry, this always comes up in every yeah. show. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's where we long to be, right? On the beach with the oh. wind blowing, you know, feet paddling in the water. Yeah, so uh, it just pops up and reminds us of what we really would love to do in life. But it's, it's a cashew nuts. Um, I drink cashew milk. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just I love the cashews because of that B17 and the berries. And of course, we're in berry season now. Yeah. And so, you know, berry shakes, um, you know, berry, you know, um, mix the berries up, you know, puree them and put them over your ice cream or, you know, there's nice. banana ice cream, which you can make because my, my daughter and her husband are 100 percent vegan. So they've shown me how to make banana ice cream. And um, nice. what do you think of the vegan diet? Um, I think that it's not for every body. Mm -hmm. I think that it works for some bodies. I myself prescribe to a hunter gatherer diet that based on thousands of years of evolution. So that would be more a paleo diet. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much cut out, you know, other than my one slice of bread that I have at night, we pretty much cut out anything that is a refined carb. Right. So I have a saying, if it's white, it's just not right. Mm -hmm. And if it is fried, it has died. <laughs> so what that means is if it's got white flour, white sugar, white pasta, white rice, mm -hmm. everything good about it has been stripped off. Right. So you can have, so those are your simple carbs that make up crackers, cookies, cakes, you know, anything that's delicious. Yes, really. of course. <laughs> um, and you can do smart carbs, mm -hmm. which are going to be your fruits and your vegetables yeah. that, you know, can really round out your diet. Um, I, when we do eat meat, it's organic and grass fed. Yes. So grass fed beef is actually really good because our body needs the amino acids also from proteins. And it's really hard. You can't get the same amino acid profile from just vegetables. So I look at the evolutionary approach that humans have followed for thousands and thousands of years. And that's a diet that works best for my body and my husband's body. And, um, you know, but again, every brain is different. Yes. With some people, you know, my daughter has a specific type of ADHD that I was able to target based on her brain areas that were over-focused and under-focused. And she does better on a high-carb diet, low-protein. Yeah. Some people do better on a high-protein, low-carb. So, and it's about eating good quality. Yeah. Right? I agree. Like, yeah. You know, like when you talk about berries, what I often do is I buy from Costco, there's big organic berries in the frozen section. Yes. I take it, I throw it into a bowl, pop it in my microwave for a minute, put, um, I put vegan yogurt on it because yes. I'm not a big fan of dairy, some vegan coconut yogurt. Then I sprinkle on pumpkin seeds, mm -hmm. flax, yes. um, flax, ground flax some chia seeds and off I go. And yeah. I've just 
like giving my brain this awesome boost. Yes, yes. I, I make it into a shake with a little of the yeah. uh, with the cashew milk, and uh, you know that's normally in the winter oats on my my breakfast and then in the summer I like to kind of go to the the yogurt the berries it has a banana and the berries in it and the yogurt and and the and and the cashew milk and drink that down and it really tastes wonderful um I also love juicing which you know is Mm. nectar you know you can I like my scotch but I would even sacrifice scotch for a good juice (laughs) and I I'm most certainly a six vegetable person a day and uh, and I eat now and again kind of fish or chicken I don't touch any other meat so it's fish or chicken or eggs now and again but I can't go without my veggies and but I am a a car person so it's sourdough bread which oh my and you know what my husband the only bread he can eat it occasionally when he has a piece of sourdough as well and this brings us to the why fermented foods are really good Mm -hmm. Um, because what fermented foods do is it actually feeds the beneficial bacteria in your gut Mm -hmm. and it crowds out the bad bacteria. And the thing is 90% of your serotonin or up to 90% of your serotonin, which is your happiness neurotransmitter that modulates your appetites, your moods, your sleep cycles, your sex drive. It's all made in your gut. Right. And Our diets, if you eat a standard American diet, it is incredibly bad for your gut. And it's incredibly bad for your brain and your body because it's so highly inflammatory. So you want to crowd out those bad bacteria. So fermented foods such as like kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut, um, kefir, all of those are really good for feeding the good bacteria. I do have a caveat though, if you suffer from allergies in the spring, I, I stay away from my kombucha and anything fermented during the springtime, because what it does is it ups my histamine level. Uh, yeah. So again, what might be really good for one person, mm-hmm. and I mean, those are quote unquote good <coughs> foods, they can throw my body out of whack. Mm-hmm. So I just have to be conscious of avoiding it during spring and I go on a good probiotic during that time to help feed my good bacteria. And you know this is the thing if people go on antibiotics for any reason you know, you need oh. that probiotic with it because it's stripping all bacteria away from you the good and the bad so you need to exactly. put that good back in there otherwise now you're throwing your body out of balance which will have its trickle effect up to the brain. And you know what I am pretty sure that's why I suffered from depression. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, low serotonin, I was put on round after round yes, of yes. antibiotics as mm. a kid. I had no immune system. It wiped out your my yeah. immune system yeah. and it never got rebuilt properly. So I was always getting sick. Then my, you know, gut wasn't making a lot of serotonin. And, you know, I went in when I had really bad brain fog, I went to some extreme measures. I went and I got a CT scan done because I thought maybe I have a tumor. Maybe I have early onset Alzheimer's. I got my DNA tested and I do have the gene for Alzheimer's, just one of them. Um, But, and then what I also found was I have a gene mutation. So my body just does not make a lot of serotonin and dopamine and melatonin. So knowing that, that, genetically I was just not set up with a great set of genes. I have to do a lot more 
to really keep myself at that balanced state. And that then keeps my brain happy. It keeps me happy. It keeps me motivated and focused and, and full of energy. And yeah, when I incorporated all seven of those key pillars, um, changed my life and yeah. it changed my daughter's life. Mm -hmm. You know, she became literally a different person. And it, I didn't worry about her mental health. I, I was so concerned thinking she was going to commit suicide right? Mm -hmm. because of the stress that she put but, on her. But, but you know, you think about teenagers and how many do commit suicide and they're suddenly thrown into depression or anxiety or this and that. And it's like, you don't understand why. And, and it's, you've got to understand the hormones that are screaming at that point. Everything in their oh. body is changing again. And if they're not in sync with it or if they're out of balance with it, you know, I mean, how many people do you get to talk to that have come back from suicide saying, I didn't really want to die. I just was at yes. the end of my tether. I didn't know what to do, right? Well, exactly. And not only that, but teenagers are notorious for eating crappy diets. Oh, God, yes. So yeah. that honestly plays probably the biggest factor. And then you put in technology and yeah. devices. There is a direct correlation between social media, the rise of technology and social media and the rise of suicides and mm -hmm. depression and anxiety yes and it's because the people who developed and i recommend everyone to watch the movie social dilemma if you mm -hmm. haven't yet on netflix the people who developed these devices did so by learning brain science mm -hmm. and so they found what was addictive and yes. just like you said no one as a small child's like i want to be a drug addict and mm -hmm. live on the street well, try taking your smartphone away from your kid. Yeah. You will get the same response as trying to take a needle away from an addict. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's working on the same, same receptors in the brain. And so what we need is education and empathy, not mm -hmm. shaming and blaming no, other people. No. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yes. Um, everything happens for a reason. We need to look at what is the reason and what can we do about it and then address it, not just one-on-one, -on -one, but, you know, globally. You know, there's an awful lot of things that have come to head, like Me Too movement, Black Life movement, you know, um, ecoism and many other things. And it's only when our voices come together. And, yeah. you know, we're seeing so many people talk now about depression, you know, Prince Harry, uh, Meghan Markle, uh, Lady Gaga, you know, who have, you know, a, a, kind of meant to have this facade that nothing happens to them. Yeah. I've openly admit I suffer from depression. I know what the rabbit hole is. And believe me, I do. I know what that I rabbit hole too. is like. It feels like someone's gone into your gut and is just pulling it out. And it's despair. And there is no reasoning with it. No, none and whatsoever. there's no reason why sometimes yeah. it can just happen. Yes, yes. And I would think thoughts that I would never, ever right. think. Exactly. Right. So where is that coming from? Right. Well, the brain, the brain, yes. the, the engine is broken. But the good news is you can fix it, you know, but you have to be willing to do it and take the action. And, you know, uh, and I am not afraid. I tell people this all the time. I am on an anti I've been on an antidepressant for 20 years. It gives me baseline. Yes. Okay. It, I have that bad genetic. I just need a baseline. But that's all it gives me. Mm -hmm. Anything extra, I have to work at. I, I have to take responsibility and I have to 
manage my diet and supplements and, you know, my sleep, my stress, my connections, my purpose, like all of these things are essential to us being happy and healthy. And so the message I want to tell people is you can have a better brain. You are not stuck with the brain that you have. You're not stuck with the life that you have. No, everything is subject to change. The weather changes, why can't we? Love it, exactly. Um, I, I went on an antidepressant a couple of years ago. They tried many of them with me and then they just were not working. And my doctor put me on one, which I can't remember the name of it, but it's a, an old one. It's been around for a very long time. And it, it stopped me going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I, I don't even take it all the time. You know, it's, it's like I've got to a point now, hmm, okay, I feel I need it for a few days and then I'm fine otherwise. Otherwise I use my other mediums. Like I said, yeah. music, being proactive, you know, um, obviously eating well, sleeping well. I know when my anxiety is, you know, is, the, is the red flag. And if I feel I need it, then I take it. Um, and that's being mindful of your body. But there's something else I want to hit on. When you look at places, you know, like India or Asia, um, they use a great deal of turmeric. And turmeric is an anti-inflammatory. And when you look at it, there's far less Alzheimer's and dementia in those countries than anywhere else. And, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia comes about a great deal. Um, I did a wonderful show on the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia. And of course, Alzheimer's is genetically in you and dementia is can, can come about on anybody. Um, right. And it's that inflammation that we can keep down. I often bake my vegetables with olive oil and, and turmeric. Always add some black pepper to it so it helps exactly. you digest the, uh, the turmeric more. I'm going to be making babuti for my daughter this weekend with turmeric. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, look at other nations and look at the longevity or the fact, do, what, what do they, they don't suffer so much from heart disease, they don't suffer so much from this. Well, what are they taking? And you'll find that it's these natural ingredients that have been around for thousands of years. When you look at type two um, obesity, obesity, diabetes today, yeah. that is completely what I'm saying, man-made disease. Because completely. nobody needs to be, have type two diabetes. It is purely to do with diet. Exactly. And, and once they get people on the insulin, the body can't regulate itself because now it's dependent on that insulin. And we have to... Um, this show also should have been under, you know, your health is, is your choice because it is, you know, our health is also our choice. When yeah. we know something's wrong, what are we going to do about it? Whom do we seek? These are the right. reasons I do these shows. This knowledge is here, ready to be clicked. Listen to, reach out to you. What can I do? Right. Do your research. Do, let your fingers do the walking. Right? Yeah. The answers are always there. Don't feel oh god this it's hopeless or like i'm too afraid or ashamed to say it or i just gotta live with it there's always an answer and a solution but you've also got to be prepared to participate in and that's your where, healing and that's where you know i look at post-traumatic growth you know you can take something that's holding you back and you can either have it as that shackle and it becomes your story and your reality or you can use it to drive you towards growing and being better. Yeah. And I know when you are shackled and you feel hopeless, it is hard to get out of there. It's hard to get out of that spot. So you need to, you know, take small actions. And it's just the small little things that you do for yourself on a daily basis that have that long-term effect. Yes. 
And so actually that's what I start with whatever I work with, you know, in my academy is we start with the brain science behind forming habits yeah. because a yeah. lot of us know what we should do mm-hmm. and we still don't do it. So I, I start with let's do shids, small habits I do daily Yes, and building those shids in that are going to support you in making the changes that you need to make. When you're in a car and you've taken the same route all along, suddenly find yourself home and you don't remember, did you see such and such on that corner? No, because I'm just, <laughs> you know, in the mindless route, the mindless things we do, we want to get in to some of the routines in our life that do become mindless. We just do them. They're part of our habit, like brushing teeth, getting up in the morning. And exactly. um, everything is hard initially because you're navigating it. Once you do it often enough and it becomes part of your routine, your programming, it becomes automatic. It's not something you need to think about anymore, exactly. but it also allows you to pay attention to the other things that are trying to speak to you. So don't be afraid to start something new. I've had to navigate numerous things um, in my life and I've kind of got to know what my body likes and what it doesn't. Mm. But I know that I'm always living on a certain level of stress. Yeah. Uh, maybe because I've chosen to do six to eight shows a week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe I thrive on it. Who knows? You know, maybe it's just part of my genetics and I look at my mother and I look at my sister and I look at my brother everybody has this kind of anxiety and so I know it's genetically there and I know there's times it wants to take over and other times not and you have to have a good old chat with yourself and go okay all right I'm, I'm not going to feed you I acknowledge you is there anything you really are stressed about okay what can you do about it can you do anything about the pandemic at the moment no what can you do for you in your life so that you don't get it and you don't become a problem for someone else right so exactly. take ownership don't be afraid to have those talks with yourself absolutely couldn't agree with you more our health really is is our choice and and that means mental health as well and you know we said at the top of the hour about the stigma and the shame of it and and I think a lot of it is the fear because it's really not that long ago that if you had any mental issues off off to a sanatorium mm-hmm. and also that men would say their wives were hysterical and they'd yes. be sent to a sanatorium and they had no power and you know that's still not so many generations away that it's not in our DNA you know it's still in our DNA memory. Absolutely and you know what's ironic is probably those same men who were saying my wife's hysterical became were alcoholics mm-hmm. dealing with their own stress and right. anxiety and depression. Like men tend to experience anxiety um, differently or sorry, stress or depression differently than women. Men tend to, their temporal lobes tend to be overactive. So they can become more moody and irritable, fly off the handle more. Mm-hmm. Whereas women is their deep limbic system. So they become sad and hopeless feeling. And so that is one difference in our brain. So yeah, those same men, no one was sending them off somewhere. Well, it's the same with post-traumatic stress. You know, like my, yeah, I'm come from England and my dad was a fighter pilot and, you know, when it ended the war, there was only three left in his squadron. And, you know, um, he was the last one to die, but he died at 45 of a heart attack. And, and it was because suck it up. 
think of Britain and all the things they'd seen. I, I have another genre of, you know, of uh, our global veterans. Um, and we don't, we don't glorify or talk about the wars they've been in. We talk about what they've done to heal themselves when they come back. Exactly. And they've realized that they have to create what it is to heal themselves because it's not out there for them. And then they end up healing other veterans or other people that are going through post-traumatic stress. And post-traumatic stress is something that's really rampant right now because Absolutely. we are really dealing with a great deal of people, many people right now that have been suffering from anxiety and depression. I also think, quite honestly, the five years of Trumpism that kept everybody at high hysteria the whole time. When he left, everybody, oh, I, 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 I had stopped breathing for five years. You know? So we, we came out of that and then straight into the pandemic. Yeah. And, and we just, you know, as you talked about tapping, you know, it hits those meridian points that kind of talk to the body to calm it down. We can, not everybody can just simply meditate. They can't be still enough to meditate. Their minds are too chatter to meditate. Maybe a walk in nature, maybe a swim, maybe exactly. a ride. You know, find out where it is that takes you down into your calmness, that brings you back to your center. But there's always something out there. Yes, there's a pandemic of this going on right now, but what can we do to empower ourselves? Because then we become an empowerment for someone else. Exactly. And, um, you know, I have on my website a free resource about how to stress less. Mm -hmm. And it has a meditation. It's six minutes. And it's all about creating those new neural pathways in your brain. So you don't automatically go to that fight, flight, or freeze right. and start creating a new pathway. And, you know, it's hard to yes. create that new pathway. Like if you're going through a bush, it's always easier to take the path that's already traveled yeah. and trampled down. But if you want to be better and do better and have better, you have to forge that path for yourself and yeah. create those new pathways in your brain. Another powerful thing that takes 12 seconds is your breath. Yes. And so I recommend yes. to people, and we can all do it, like yes. 12 seconds. Take breathe a breath. in, yep. deep belly breath for four mm -hmm. seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then release it for four. And what that does is it actually stops the flow of blood to your amygdala, which is your fight or flight, and it brings it back to your prefrontal cortex, which is your decision maker mm -hmm. and your judgment and your empathy. Don't ever make a choice in anger or fear right. or anxiety because it's, it's not going to be a clear choice. And I'm always, the breathing aspect all the time I'm speaking of, take a breath. And I say, take three deep breaths. You know? Absolutely. Take and, as and, many as you need yeah. until you feel yes. that pressure cooker in you go down. When I do public speaking, when you're actually in front of people, um, I always actually have the entire audience do that. Yes. And because now I've got everybody calmed down and on the same, the same level instead of yes, blah, 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 this is going on and that point is going on and I can't shut my mind off here. And everybody just, <sighs> we're now present. Yes. So it, it's a good okay. thing to even do, you know, we do prayer. Some people do prayer over the table. If you're not religious, you don't want to do prayer, but gratitude over your food is always a good thing too, because it, it digests your food in a different way. But take a breath before you eat. Yes. Take a breath before when you come in from school, come in from work, everybody just take a breath. And 
you'll just find your, your reaction to everything will just be so much more calmer. And that just has a lovely ripple effect through everything, doesn't it? It sure does. And it's something you don't have to pay for. It's no. free. It's cheap and easy. Anywhere, anytime you can do it. Exactly. Anywhere, anytime. And I recommend you do it often. People don't realize, especially right now, how much they hold the breath and how tight they are in the shoulders. And you yeah. take that breath, and you let it go down. Oh, I, oh, I got my neck is sore. I didn't realize I was so tense. Well, and I just recently learned something. It's called havening, and it makes perfect sense. It's where you just mm. do yourself. You know, just stroke yes. your, your arms because think about when we are distressed, what is our natural instinct is to go and rub someone's back, yes. rub their arm. We do it to babies yes. all the time. It is in us because we know it calms our nervous system. And so by just that way to self-regulate, again, brings all of that energy and that that blood flow back to your prefrontal cortex. So you are working, it's the CEO of your brain. So you want to empower your CEO. Yeah. I, I love the, the stroking of the brow. Oh, you know, yeah. The stroking of the brow and the head, it's so soothing. And, you know, I'm a single woman and I sleep with a teddy bear. That teddy bear is in the bosom of my arm. <laughs> I hug it and kiss it every night and every morning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because I'm a hugger and I'm, you know, hug deprived right now. And yes. I do get to go down and see my daughter this weekend and have Mother's Day weekend with her and her, and her newborn. And yeah, it, it's nice. I'm going to get my hug quota in. Because awesome. we don't realize how much we do need that physical. We really do need that physical, don't we? This is why pets have been so wonderful, especially dogs. They're yes. in heaven right now. You want to hug? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that whole connection, right? It's that physical connection with other people. And that's how we have evolved. That's how we survived was in small groups of 20 to 50 people. And the way that life has evolved in the last couple hundred years, we now are so separated. Yeah. We don't have that community. We don't have that connection. We don't have those nuclear families anymore that, that really support us in our journeys through life. And that's why I think you suffer. There's so many people suffering from isolation, yes. which is actually worse for your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how many people have turned to the cigarettes, you know, which, you know, yeah. um, people have turned to some bad habits because, you know, they're, well, they're, they're trying isolated. to self-suit. Yeah. And it's, again, to find that balance and to calm the brain down. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's about being aware of the choices you're making. And, you know, I, I live in wine region. I love having a glass oh, of yeah. wine with yeah. dinner. And I do find like it does... It's, it's enjoyable and relaxing, but I'm not drinking a bottle, you know, I, like, well, you know, the, the Mediterranean um, diet countries. Yeah, it is a glass of wine or two a day. And yeah. it's very, very healthy for your body. Right. This, yeah, as well as your, your olive oil and all of those things that we think are bad. They've proven to be very good. So, well, your brain needs those healthy fats yes. to thrive. So yeah. that's why the low fat diet made people sick and fat. Yes. And it's actually a high fat diet, meaning healthy high fats yes. like avocados, salmon, olive oil, nuts and seeds, mm -hmm. all of those that have the healthy fats that help you thrive and survive. 
I had avocado toast for my lunch. Awesome. <laughs> and it. I always have a, a box of, of a combination of nuts and seeds that yeah. if I get hungry in the afternoon, a handful of those. So yeah. You and me, girlfriend, yeah. we have the same uh, snacks. Yeah. Cranberries <laughs> and a pumpkin seed and uh, yeah. yeah, you name it. And, and the cashew nuts and everything in there. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, and it just, you know, a handful or so of that and you just feel hmm, good to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it's pay attention. Your body will tell you what it wants. It Definitely. will tell you what it wants. Your mind will tell you what it wants. It's just be present, be still enough. Take that breath and listen to your body, listen to your mind. And, yeah. you know, the other thing is we talked about overstimuli, but there is also the needing to um, stimulate because a lot of people have just kind of, I'm tired of doing the puzzles or I'm tired of doing this. It's like, um, I don't know what to do with my time. You know, I don't want to be on the computer. We'll find something that's stimulating for you because we also know those that use their brain right up, you know, like you look at the, the Orientals with Marjan. Yeah. You know, it keeps their mind going. My mother was a crossword puzzles. Um, every single day of her life lived to 95. Um, we need to engage our brain, our mind, and, so, and we need to stimulate it. We don't overstimulate it with TV and everything else, but we need to stimulate it into action because that's what keeps it functional. And if you're not keeping it functional, then it's going to go, oh, you don't need me. I'm going to shut down. Yeah, it's if you don't use it, you will lose it. And exactly. Those are the neurons. And the more that you use it, the more that you create, it's neurogenesis. You're growing new neurons. Yeah. You're creating new pathways. So if you want to stave off dementia and Alzheimer's and all of those things, it is in your control to do that yes because what they studies have now found is that alzheimer's and dementia take decades to form yeah and so right now is the time to start taking the actions to ensure that you don't end up as one of those their new statistics are one in two people by the age of 85 will have dementia mm -hmm. you know that's scary yeah. because we do have a choice we have a say in the matter but you have to take action you have to take responsibility for your brain yeah. and for the betterment of your mind and your body as well i live with a almost 88 year old who still drives would still be working if there was work for her right now yeah. out every day feeding the ducks loves to socialize and has a routine but every single day she's at her puzzles and she does at least two uh, one thousand piece puzzles a week and and she is so focused i mean she loves her tea i think there's something about orange pico tea too i found people of older yeah. age orange pico tea i don't know what's in it but there's something there um she doesn't she doesn't even acknowledge her tea when she's doing her puzzle she's so engrossed in it and she has methodical way of doing it and it and she is and i think that and every morning she's on the computer playing mahjong or yeah. doing uh solitaire and you know she's not a reader or anything else but she does these other things and this is the thing find something to be engaged at to yes. you know it, it, the, when the neurons are going that means the brain is active it's not putting stress on everything else in your body i mean it's just that's this is an incredible system our bodies they, yes, uh, it, it is absolutely mind-blowing it really is but it does need to work properly like you look at the computer, which we've all taken for granted now. And of course, the computer's in the phones now, which, sorry, I won't work with it on yeah. the phone. No, <laughs> this is enough. When you look at a computer used to be a city block. Yeah. Now it's in a watch. 
right? Yeah. And you look at how all of that information is being shrunk down and accessible to us. Well, what we've got to be careful of is use it and utilize it as a tool to do, not right. in place of our doing. Exactly. And that, that the technology is not using you. Yes. That is yes. Key because of the highly addictive nature of how they're developed that every time it goes ding, ding, yeah. ding, you get a little dopamine burst yes. get, because it feels good that yeah. you're being recognized, you're important, it gives you motivation and pleasure. And I think too, that's why we have such high levels of anxiety and depression right now is because we are literally wearing out our dopamine receptors. Mm. So it takes more and more and more stimulation to feel any pleasure. And that's why kids nowadays don't know how to have conversations. They no. don't go outside and play. They don't appreciate the sunset. They don't appreciate going for a walk as much. And they're and angry. Simple things, yeah. And it's because, listen, we've trained their brains to be that way. And so as a parent, you know, it's really up to you to put the limits on. You still have some control, especially if you're paying for the device. Yes. And you own that device. And so, you know, I had to realize I'm not my kids' friends. I have to protect their brains. I'm the guardian of their brains. <laughs> so, you know, being conscious of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's don't be afraid to, to say something to another mom. It's not a ridicule of what they're doing. It's just that they're probably unaware. Exactly. Right? You know, we how many years have we talked about the robots are going to take over? They have. It's they called have. a phone. Exactly. Right? And you willingly handed yourself over to it. Now, it's an incredible tool. Let's remember it's the tool. It's the same with a psychopath using the hammer to hammer a nail or a person. That's exactly. a choice. Right? Use it widely, it builds something. Don't use it widely, wisely, it destroys. Exactly. Right? So. so what kind of programs do you have um, that sure. you can help people with? So I always encourage everyone to go, I have a free brain quiz that really gives you an idea of how is your brain performing? And we get into um, the, the five key areas of your brain and the systems and what may be performing well and what isn't performing well. So it'll give you those results. So I always encourage people to go check that out. And it's just betterbrainquiz.com. And then I also offer a 12 week program. And this is what I love and I'm so excited to do is I have some great diagnostic tools. So it's all online. It's a small group of people. We get together on Zoom once a week. It's called the Better Brain Academy. And what I do for each of the clients I work with is a very comprehensive assessment to really hone in on their specific brain and what areas may be either Oh, has too much blood flow to it or too little blood flow to it and how we can balance that. So we work through restoring your brain health and then we get into the mindset stuff about resetting your mindset, working with your limiting thoughts and beliefs, really challenging those. And then we get into retraining your brain to think in new ways. So it's kind of like a, a three-pronged approach that gives you the foundation, the walls, and the roof all together. Which without those three, you're not going to resolve anything. No. And, you know, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to jump from, you know, personal development program to personal development program or medication to medication. Um, 
this is a comprehensive approach that uses natural means to really look yeah, at your yeah. brain. And it's all very well you reprogramming, but if you're not reprogramming the brain, the brain is just going to snap you right back to the old patterns. Exactly. Exactly. So, get so, yeah, so they can check me out at thebetterbrainacademy.com and uh, yeah, check out, see if it's a good fit. I have a lot of free resources on there. And like I said, go to betterbrainquiz.com. It's a great place to start. Yes. I mean, it's a good, you know, good aha, because we really don't know. We, you know, we think we know ourselves and we think we know it all. And then you go and do these things and you go, oh, oh, really? Oh, really? You know, well, now it's actually giving you, you know, a nice arrow of what to address. Yes. No longer in exactly. the dark, you know, okay, all right, this, this part of me needs, needs some attention, right? And, and then again, that's your choice of whether you attend to it or not, but it's, you least you know what you need to do. And that's your accountability. We've got to be accountable for our own, our own well-beingness, right? Exactly. It's a choice, even abstaining from a choice is a choice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any social medias? I do. I am on Instagram. It's just betterbrain.academy. And I'm on Facebook, Better Brain Academy. Easy peasy. So betterbrainacademy.com and betterbrainquiz.com to take the quiz. Yes. And then from there, it can reach out to you and, uh, and take those steps. And you know, this is a lot of people will buy a new car or buy a new outfit or buy a new this or buy a new that, but they don't invest in themselves right well you know go and buy stacks of makeup or this or that etc and but what about your health what about your well-beingness what about you invest in you and then you've you've already got the, the wonderful um foundation of which everything else can be built from but exactly. if you're not taking care of that foundation there's going to be some cracks and you might slip through it if you don't pay attention to it so this has been fantastic it's been great having you on here i have to have you, you back down the so road much. and um we talk a great deal about our programming and why we repeat it, uh, the nourishment of the brain, which is so very, very important, but also making sure that the brain is firing on all of its cylinders, because if it's not, then the rest of us is in trouble. I have one wonderful um, host that was on for a few years with me. She, she retired at 82. Uh, show was called Wise Health. And she would say the most important organs actually are the kidney, liver and colon because if they're in distress, they send a ricochet right up through the body. But then you also need to look at the brain because if the brain is out of sorts, it's going to make everything else out of sorts as well, right? Exactly. So balance, folks. Let's get up, let's get up and functioning properly, right? We want everything to function on all cylinders and good tires and great balance and everything else. So it's important. So thank you so much for sharing thank with us you. today. Take it's care. Remember, folks, take the quiz You've got nothing to lose from it and it just may raise some points and then you go okay all right i really do need some help down this road take the journey with her you are only going to benefit from it and don't forget if it benefits you it's going to benefit everybody else around you so until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show you will hear many many shows here on softdiscoverymedia.com we have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at self 
www.discoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.